Do you make your decisions based on how you think other people are going to be affected by those decisions? Do you take pride in being consistently agreeable? Are you constantly practicing self-care to replenish because your relationships drain you? I have done all of this stuff and more throughout my life. Today, you're going to hear an account from myself and from a man's perspective about people-pleasing and overcoming it. While there are certainly differences between our perspectives, I bet you'll actually be surprised by some of the similarities. If you do resonate with anything that Zach or I say, you have definitely found your podcast. You're listening to The Boundless Heart, the podcast empowering you into shameless self-respect, independence, and equal partnership. I'm your host, LC. I am a recovering people pleaser, and I cannot tell you how free I feel since letting go of the need to make sure everyone else is okay. My guest today is Zach Jensen. He's also a recovering people pleaser turned mindset coach, especially for entrepreneurs who want to make a difference in the world, but find that their people-pleasing tendencies keep them stuck. While this episode isn't about entrepreneurship, it is about overcoming people-pleasing, and that improves every aspect of your life. So my definition of people-pleasing is continuing to shrink yourself and continuing to put yourself second, second, second so that you can make other people happy or perceive that they might be happy. So it's continuously putting your needs, your wants, your desires, your thoughts, your voice, always on the back burner so somebody else can take the spotlight or so somebody else can get that want or need met. I think that is so true. First of all, I 100% agree. And I'm wondering, actually, if you perceive men and women to please or people please in different ways or is it the same short answer i think it's the same long answer i think based upon societies based upon environments family dynamics different sexual preferences i think that it can show up differently but i think in general i've talked to many women that go through the same thing i go through and i've talked to many men that go through the same thing that i felt i've gone through so i haven't ever put it in, you know, men or women. But I do think there's a theme, at least in the past X amount of years, where women have been pressured into that area, where men have taken the spotlight, men have taken the the breadwinner. It's the the man of the house. You know, the woman listens to the man. Like I think that's been the society, at least in American culture, for many, many years. So I think the pressure has definitely been on women in regards to this people-pleasing. Yes, and centuries. Centuries. And not only in American culture have women been shut down. And I've been told recently, or I guess I've been awakened to recently, that the Crusades played a huge part Mm. in basically the pushing down and pushing away and a side of the feminine and women in general. So it's definitely epigenetic (laughs) for us. But what do you think made you a people pleaser? Yeah, I think it was a lot of habits that I picked up from family, 
around me, especially being I live in Wisconsin, so being from the Midwest, it's very much of that in many great ways. It's very neighborly, it's very welcoming, it's very warm and doing things for others. But the flip of that is it becomes the pressure in the culture to always be doing that. And there's not much focus and spotlight on taking care of yourself. Like that person that lives in New York comes to town and he goes in front of you to jump on the subway. To us, we'd be appalled. But that person needs to get somewhere on time. So I think there's things we can learn from each other in that aspect. So I got a lot from the environment that I grew up in, in the Midwest, of doing things for others, being the nice people, being a great host, letting everybody feel like they're family. But there wasn't a whole lot of focus on when to pause that or when to take a break from that, you know, and not always saying yes to every demand or every perceived need or desire of somebody else. You know, it's, oh, Aunt Sally is coming over this weekend. I don't know if she likes nuts or she might not like this kind of food. So I'm going to drive an hour and a half to go get this other version of the food to bring it back here. We're not going to talk about it, though. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do all this busy work to try to hopefully fulfill these needs and wants of other people to hopefully make them happy. And I'm not going to sleep much. And then the next day, I'm going to be all cranky with my family. And I'm going to just throw on this good face and, and present this beautiful tray for Aunt Sally. And hopefully she likes it. But I'm not going to talk about it. That's a lot of the ways that I saw it manifest in my society, in my environment. And that's what was instilled into me. And I'm from Minnesota. So mm. I completely, that whole picture was just, it was a movie in front of my eyes. And like, I've seen this show before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially, we're not going to talk about it, though. Mm -hmm. Because talking about our truth is just really taboo. Exactly. It's so much, it's so much easier to just assume things. And yeah. Yeah. yeah that causes no problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We think that's no tension there. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Well, I don't actually love it, but it's so true. <laughs> and my question is, and actually one of my community members, Cynthia asked this, who are we trying to actually please all along as we're doing this? So here's the misconception of, I believe, from my perspective, from my learnings of people pleasing. Many times people think it's nice people. And here's the piece that I didn't want to hear and that many other people I don't think want to hear is we think it's, oh, we're just really nice people. You know, like, oh, that person's just so nice. But here's the thing is that what I've learned, at least a part of it, I'm not saying this whole entirely blanket statement, but People pleasing is doing something nice for that person in hopes that they like me, smile at me, pat me on the back, give me a hug so that I feel good. So it's being nice to hopefully have them make me feel nice. So that's the dirty of it that I don't think the spotlight is on a lot. And I came to the realization through my life and conversations with people and that's, like I said, not a blanket statement, but a large part of that truth is that, hey, we just want to be happy. We do. If you think of it from the point of an empath, so somebody who really can feel another person's feelings and really kind of feels like 
they're literally feeling that way, and maybe they are literally feeling that way. I know I've had that experience. We think that by making that other person happier, we'll be happier so we don't have to feel the negative or whatever it was in that other person. So it's really a control mechanism. What we have to learn is that we don't actually have to change the way anyone else is feeling Mm. to change how we're feeling. We can actually just feel differently. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is Like you said, as empaths, you feel what other people are feeling at times. And most people internalize that. Like, your feelings are now my feelings. I've talked to a lot of people about this, how an empath, it's a superpower. It really is. Any superhero, they started out fumbling with their superpower. So that's what being an empath can be like, is you can be internalizing all these feelings around people. And then, like you just said, I don't want to feel how you're feeling, so I'm going to change how you feel, so hopefully I feel better. And you have to be able to take that, okay, that person feels this way. I'm not going to put that inside of me, but if I'm already, you know, fulfilled in myself and if I feel I'm able and capable, I can use that to see maybe I could provide something of value, whether that's fulfill a need or say some, a nice comment for them. That's the superpower is being able to keep it at arm's length and go, okay, this is what this person is thinking, possibly needing, and I can possibly cater to that if I feel called to, but it, it's not mine. Another piece of it is having been through what I've been through and looking back at myself and reflecting and seeing these parts that I didn't want to hear either. I thought, no, I'm just a really nice person. Okay. And there's an emptiness or a lack of worth and value in myself that I believe very strongly. Girls are, again, conditioned into not valuing ourselves, not feeling worthy. We have to prove our worth, whereas boys are whatever at this level It's like you do anything like a girl and it's a bad thing, which basically puts girls beneath boys Mm -hmm. without actually saying it. You're totally saying it. When Mm -hmm. I was a kid, I wanted to be a boy just because being a boy was better than being a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And that sucks. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. I think it's a society that has not put a spotlight on the powerful piece of women femininity, however you want to word it, it's put a lot of focus and power, heroism on men and that masculine type, whether that's through being a soldier in the military or being that hardworking man, whether that's a farmer or whether that's a mill worker or whether that's a businessman, it's been very focused on the pieces of that. But no one looks at anytime I talk to a mother Teachers and mothers, I have a very big, big heart for. I'm like, you are doing the hardest job in the world and the most influential and impactful job in the world. But the hardest part about that is that's not, and I think I say slowly coming to it, but it's been focusing on the great, the success is men. Success is business. Success is making money, have a nice car, things of that nature. Whereas the success is having a child that loves you, having a loving family. Having a child that doesn't want to run away from home. You know, where are those things? Totally. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about that aspect Mm -hmm. of the way boys are raised, too. Because it seems like we live in a society where we're just a bunch of enablers, enabling people who can't take care of themselves. But those people who can't take care of themselves are the ones who have the credit. They have the 
power. They have the recognition for being great when they don't know actually how to process an emotion. Mm. Do you feel that as a, if I may, Mm -hmm. were you told, don't cry, don't show emotion, you're crying like a girl or a baby or whatever? Yeah, I think being tough, figuring it out, being strong, all those things I felt were, it's the smallest ways. Like you said, like you throw like a girl. There's all these just, there's plenty of large ones, but there are plenty of these subtle, tiny, like things in our minds that go, oh, throw like a girl. Okay, I don't want to throw like a girl. I want to be, I want to throw like a guy. I want to throw like a boy. You know, there's all these tiny little things that push you in a direction of like, oh, what's good? What's strong? And personally, as a man, I've felt there's so much of keep it in. Be strong, keep it in, do what's right for your family, do what's right for your friends. Don't be emotional. Women are emotional. Emotion is, goes crazy. You know, take emotion out of it, all of those things. But here's the thing is like, every human has emotion. And as they're bottled up, I mean, look at suicide rates, especially with men. It's alarming. I haven't checked the most recent statistic, but there are so many men taking their lives. And I do believe it's because we were not, at least again, in America where I live, we were not raised to get into groups of, in general groups, but especially I feel there's something about men being in groups with men. And we have not been raised to, one, go into those groups. And if we are, we haven't been raised to use those groups as a support system. I personally have seen a lot of women's groups out there and a lot of women who hang out with their ladies, go on ladies' nights and talk about relationships, talk about work, talk about things that women experience in their bodies that men don't. And I rarely see groups of men like that. Yes, we have boys' nights, but many times it's, you talk tough. You know, you go out, you go have some drinks, you talk about girls, but not in like, oh, wow, that hurt my feelings or anything like that. It's very much surface level. There's not, wow, my parents did this. Wow, my daughter did this. Wow, like this really hurts me. And in the past year, I luckily have found a few men, but especially one group of guys through a retreat I went to that were there for each other and therefore were just fully present, non-judgmental, understanding, hey, we all go through these things and welcoming to everybody bringing up their own stuff and not judging it and holding that space, elevating them to be the best they can be, not allowing them to hide behind the victim mentality, but allowing them to share these things that are built up inside and through there's a lot of breath work that I've done in the past too that brings a lot of that out. It's all that bottled up pressure and it just comes out in certain exercises like that. And half the time people do that and like, what is going on? Where we get so used to it. I'm not just talking men. Many humans are like this, but from my experience, I've seen a lot of men. It's just normal to have this pressure, normal to have this build up and taboo to talk about these things, especially with other men. I, th I have seen a lot of men find comfort and counsel in women and talk about these things. But I rarely see a man go to a man to talk about an emotional thing, a tough thing, something they're struggling with, maybe even shed a tear. And do you know how exhausting it is for women to be the only one that their partner will open up to? So 
hearing you talk about these men's circles mm. opens and melts my heart. It gives me hope and joy mm. and like, thank God society's finally opening up to these different things. And women don't bottle in the same things, but women are trained to keep secrets and secrets become lies, which become pain. So I know exactly what you mean by bottled up. Mm -hmm. And we keep secrets from things that happened in our childhood. Maybe we were abused in a certain way or other. We keep mm -hmm. secrets of our parents because we're ashamed of whatever happened. They're fighting or whatever it is. But we're not to talk about that stuff either. So where your emotions are totally bottled because you can only express basically in one way, which is angry and tough, which is so sad to me. Okay. We can express, but not all of it. Mm. I love the men's groups. I love them. I'm so happy. <laughs> I know I'm not the only woman listening that's like, hallelujah, men, work on yourselves, <laughs> please. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> to your point too, of it's exhausting for the partner to be the only person they can come to. I have found that drastically where I feel... I don't want to overload somebody. Yeah. And I do a lot of growth on myself. In the past 10 years, I've been doing a lot of growth in myself. More than I, or not more, but I talk about it a lot more. And I can see how, whether that's through friends or a spouse, it can be overloading to have this one person, whether that's your spouse, your mom, your dad. So I do think there's so much value in a community. If this person can't be with me, hold space for me today. Okay, this person will. Absolutely. And really in a relationship, if you're working on yourself and your partner is not working on themselves, it, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Or you're going to put the relationship or that other person before you continue to be a people pleaser in that sense. And then the relationship might work, but basically you're going to be pretty miserable <laughs> because you're going to be lying your whole life and not being authentic. That's what I've done. Yeah, I do think there is a point. I'm a huge believer in if you show up to life differently, life shows up for you differently. So I do think there's a huge value in focusing on yourself, working on yourself and seeing how that affects the whole ecosystem. Because, you know, if you grow, that relationship, whether that's with a partner or a friend, that relationship is now different, completely different because you are a different person. So that changes a piece in that formula. But I do agree that there comes a time where it's either expected or it's too toxic for the person in it that they can't just change a couple things. They do need to just completely, I don't know if you've read the book, Codependency No More. That book talks a good amount about, yes, focus on yourself, grow on yourself. But there is a point where sometimes the best thing is to separate from that person, group, relationship, spouse, whatever it might be, so that you can grow in yourself and not continue that decline of, self-destruction really. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to interject here a little bit and say that mm -hmm. again, girls, women are trained to focus on the relationship more than themselves to make it work. Mm. Even if it doesn't work for you, you're doing something wrong. It's your fault. That's not true. That's just not true. Yes. Work on yourself, of course. But then we get into the cycle of, well, I must not be healed enough because it's not changing mm. or there must be something I'm missing. And there's a lot of self blame, self judgment that goes along with it. And I see it a lot 
after my divorce, I actually joined some divorce groups on Facebook and it's incredible how many women won't leave because they feel terrible. Kids, of course, mm. are involved and it's the guilt. It's just so guilty. Well, I feel so bad for him. I haven't been in men's groups and I don't know if you've talked to very many men about this either because again, men just don't tend to get together and chit chat about this stuff. But I don't know that there are very many men who say, I'm staying in this relationship because I just feel so bad for her. I just don't hear that. I don't think it exists. I It might, if it does and you know about it and you're listening to this, please tell me because I'm very curious about that. But just as an invitation for any people out there who feel like they get themselves stuck into relationships or friendships or situations like this, where they're giving, 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 they're kind of over-functioning, maybe enabling, and they want to break that pattern. We work with this kind of energetics in the inner circle. So if you're looking for a place that's going to support you and see you for who you are, and then also help you get clear on your situation, join the inner circle. There is a link in the show notes. Once you realize that you're a people pleaser and you're doing these people pleasing things, maybe you're a little codependent, what's necessary to recover from that? What are the steps? What are the stages? Mm. What have you experienced as the stages? I think the largest one is the awareness. I think that is the toughest one because when you don't have knowledge, it's, it's the idea of like once you see something, you can't unsee it. Um, but when you haven't seen it, then it's just norm. So I think it's once you see it, it's wow. I see it everywhere. I see it there. I see it how I show up there. I see it in me not appreciating myself in there. I see me not following this whatever it might be. So I think the largest piece is that awareness. After that, at least for me, it was a pendulum. I swung the other way. So now here I am, everybody, everybody, okay, woo, me, 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 me. From my personal experience, I think everybody's journey is different. But from my personal experience, I went completely the other way where I said no to everything. I said, I don't want to go there. I'm going here. It was completely self-focused and it was continuously saying no to everyone else and that was the focus was no to everyone else and it took me a while to find that happy medium where it's you swing the pendulum the other way and it slowly comes back down if you have the strength and the courage to do that i think it weirdly in a weird roundabout way helps you get to a great happy medium because you swing back down you find out what's not working so i think if you go through that swing, don't stay there. Come on back down because at the end of the day, you won't let yourself be there. As the person you are, you don't want to be a selfish person. You don't want to just say no to everyone else and never think of anybody else. So coming back, I realized then it's not saying no to others. It's saying yes to yourself. That is the line that I say to myself that I use with other people is, not saying no to others, it's saying yes to yourself. Think of all the different times where you said no to yourself, whether that's where you want to go for dinner or whether that's the kind of work you want to pursue or the kind of color you like or the kind of movie you saw or you didn't see. Whatever it is, that suppression, that bottling up, that saying no, stay down there. No, stay inside. No, don't let anybody else see that. That is where it starts opening up. It's not necessarily just saying no to everybody, these external things. 
it's starting to open up saying yes to things inside. Like, ooh, I like to dance. I like to eat mushrooms. Well, that could go a couple different ways. I like eggs. I like to be a vegetarian. I like meat. Whatever, all these small things. It sounds so small to somebody who has never experienced this stuff before, but for somebody who has, it really is the small things where, yes, I do like that kind of movie or I don't like that kind of movie. It's just continuing to slowly bring that out in yourself. Just, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Whether that's an emotion, a feeling, a want, a desire, a need, and then accepting that. It's so easy to accept other people. Let's say somebody's objection to what you want to do or somebody's direction on where the project should go or where the night should go or the plan should go. It's so easy to go, oh, that makes sense. That person said that that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense how they're feeling. But when we feel those ways, when we have those desires, when we maybe minorly inconvenience somebody, we don't justify that. So I think saying yes to yourself and then also accepting and allowing yourself to justify it. You don't even need to justify it. Accept it that, hey, this is me. Hey, this is me. Hey, this is me. Yes, yes, yes. And again, it's not say no to others. So you are worthy for those feelings, those desires, those needs that are coming up. But here's the thing is other people still are as well. Like out there, you, 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 you are all worthy of your things. But here now I believe I am worthy. Prior it was everybody else is worthy, but I'm not. Now it's, hey, I am worthy and you are still worthy. So there's the piece of not saying no to everyone else, but saying yes to yourself. You hit that perfectly and also mentioned that you weren't worthy yourself, Mm. but you thought everyone else was. It's almost like the only way I'm worthy is if I make you feel worthy. Well, it's not up to me to make somebody else feel worthy. It's up to them can't do that. Can't do it and it'll never work because it's not up to us. So then we're never going to feel worthy until, like you said, we just have the awareness. And I think you gave permission to everybody out there that you can be a bull in a china shop for a little bit when you're figuring this thing out. When you're Mm -hmm. changing and if you swing all the way the other way, no worries. It's just life. It's not that important. So do your thing. You'll figure it out. You can't hide kind. If you have a kind heart, people aren't going to... all of a sudden think you're just a terrible person. You can't Mm -hmm. hide it, you know? (laughs) Exactly. I had that question and then Nicole also asked it. So I'm really super grateful that one of my community members (laughs) gets another plug. And then Carly actually asked, what's the best part of the recovery process? So Mm. for you, what has your experience been? What's been the best part of your recovery process? I think one of the best pieces is enjoying time with yourself is a big piece. Um, again, I, I did swing the pendulum where all I want to do is be by myself for the longest time. Just do uh-huh. whatever the hell I wanted. I still do that. <laughs> Warranted. Go for it. Um, so, But now it's more balanced where I still now enjoy being with other people as well. So I think that being with yourself is a great part of it. And then there's days that I wake up and go, holy shit, I'm pursuing the things and saying the things I've been wanting to say. It's that feeling of like, you're starting to be yourself. That pressure is not building as much. You know, for me, I would go to bed and it would just be, okay, try to fall asleep with that pressure chamber because there's all these expectations and it's a freeing way of acting. You know, I used to act and say things 
in the way, especially on social media, in the way of, oh, what will this person think? How will this land for this person? Uh, I need to, I need to address every one of my hundreds, however many followers you have. It's like, how can you do that? Or people in the room, 12 people in the room, I think about how this will land for every single one of you. I felt very limited. I used my mind so much. I thought about every single person in the room, thought about every one of my followers and thought about how is this going to land for every single person. But here's the thing, it just limits you to doing nothing. It limits you to not using your voice, to not taking action towards anything really. I feel the best benefit of this recovery process from that people-pleasing is just reducing all that's going on up here in your head of trying to understand and trying to please everyone and just going, I want to pursue this, I'm pursuing this. Somebody's going to say they don't like it, great, that's fine. Same experience for me. The space I felt, I felt so much space. It was almost like I didn't know what to do with myself now because I didn't have to worry so much. So the mental loops weren't there and it was just like, now what? Mm. Went on a lot of walks. I colored and watched YouTube. <laughs> like, just, what do I do with mm-hmm. myself? It's wonderful because you have space mm. and your body can relax. That being said, mm-hmm. it's not easy necessarily either. Because when your body's going through changes, it's literal physical changes that your body is going through because the hormones that were getting shot off all the time, all these stress hormones, are like, well, I don't have to do that anymore. So we kind of got addicted almost to these, or not almost, we got addicted to these stress hormones. My therapist told me about this. (laughs) And then they're gone. And it's like, oh, we're used to that though. So now what? And then again, that's why Bolino China Shop deal like you just don't really know what to do with yourself but it's beautiful because you just get to try things and experiment and you don't have to worry about how anyone else is going to respond to it it's a beautiful thing where can people find you zach so they can work with you if they're working on building a business in a way where they have the spaciousness right and they're just not worried about how their business is going to affect everyone or everything they say is going to affect anybody I'm on a couple social medias, but the main one I'm on is on Instagram. And where you can find me there is underscore Zach, Z-A-C-H, underscore Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N, and another underscore. So it's underscore Zach, underscore Jensen, underscore. There's a lot of Zach Jensen's out there. So that is my current tag on Instagram. I highly recommend following Zach because he has really good information on his Instagram and it's really uplifting. So go and find Zach on Instagram. This is that old off the mic session that I was going to leave for just the inner circle people. And I thought about removing this section completely. But when I listened back to it, It's a really good example of how two recovering people pleasers who are feeling so much more confident within themselves and can validate themselves just for being who they are and what is important to them can speak now to each other. We start off, of course, with me asking what men need from women in relationships to see if we can find some common ground there. And we end up talking about why we're not talking about sex. Let's talk a little bit about what women and men need from relationships. Wonderful. Okay. 
What do men actually look for and want and need from their partner in a relationship? Personally, I believe that for a masculine, energetic man, that's where I can speak from because that's my experience. What I find with people, men who are similar to me, is what they need is, one, a space to be themselves, which we've talked about earlier, but also a large piece of it is appreciation. There is a fair amount of demonizing for men in the world right now. I know, obviously, there's a lot that the focus on bringing the empowerment to women, that needs to happen. But at the same time, in the same flip of the coin, it's oftentimes demonizing men in many ways. And I think it's preventing men from being who they are in many ways. So I think in general, appreciation. That's, I think that's a huge thing that men look for is thank you for doing that. You know, thank you for not necessarily pumping up ego. That's not what it's for. But especially at least in when I've seen a lot of straight males in relationships, it's, hey, I want to make my partner happy in many ways. I want to provide for my family and I want to um, make my partner happy in whatever ways, I'll generalize just in whatever ways. And showing that appreciation is a huge thing. I think it's rocket fuel for men. It really is. That's the first one that came to my mind. And just think about it. You're a nice person and you probably appreciate your partner when they do things that, well, actually, listen to Dr. Terry's episode about how women tend to block intimacy (laughs) because there are some things that we've been conditioned to through traumas or society or whatever, where sometimes women tend to be critical or judgmental or independent. I don't need you. Mm. the reality is those are just coping mechanisms and protective mechanisms but Mm -hmm. women want to have someone to appreciate (laughs) so like yeah i would say women want also to be appreciated it goes both ways exactly we don't feel like our role in the traditional gendered roles which kind of need to go but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother mm-hmm. episode. Yep. Like you said earlier in this episode, mothers, I have so much admiration for any mom and every mom. I'm not a mother, and that's fairly intentional. <laughs> and where's the honor? Where's the acknowledgement? If you were to hire a chef to cook all of your meals for you, you would be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Mm. on that chef so while no you don't pay me to cook your food if i'm doing it in in the household or whatever you're saving a ton of money and also it's not about money what energetically is the give and take so is there energetically a balance not mm-hmm. every single tour has to be split up the same if i'm out working then my partner's gonna do more of the housework but i'm gonna appreciate it as though he was out there making all the money or whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's just this energetic balance that's what i think we want also i'm just gonna go on a soapbox here sorry i kind of took over but we also want to be able to melt into our feminine and not be the overfunctioner and not be the freaking mother for men who's unfortunately mothers didn't raise them mm. to be men. 
and that's not their fault. Mm-hmm. But just because something isn't your fault doesn't mean it's not now your responsibility as an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that would be another piece is for women to encourage men to pursue like their hobbies or things of that nature, as well as the communal value of having other men to talk with and be with. Oh my God. Yes. It's a requirement now for me. If I'm, if I'm to get into another relationship, which of course at this moment in time, I'm like, eh, no thanks. But I know myself and uh, I love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we'll see. But it's like, if you don't have friends, um, nope, (laughs) can't do it. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. The uh, phrase, it takes a village comes in with those kinds of things. It does. It really does. And it takes a village for everything. You know, we say Mm -hmm. it about raising children and we don't have a village anymore to raise children, Mm -hmm. but it's, it takes a village to raise a community to, that is what a community is. It's a village. It it takes a village to be a real human and reach your full potential and go after your dreams. Encouragement. That's another thing I think women lack where men don't. Do you hear so many men, if it wasn't for my wife, encouraging me, at least in my own experience, I would get words of encouragement, but I would never get the actual energy of encouragement. It was empty words. Mm-hmm. You can do it. But then it's also, this is really hard. Why don't you just get a job? I think that speaks to non-traditional paths. Oftentimes people will say, yeah, go do that until a certain point. And then it's like, okay, now wrap it up. Wrap up this whole dream you have and just go on with the normal path. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. What about, since we're off the mic mm-hmm. and we could talk about anything, mm-hmm. what about sex? How important is that for men? And what does mm-hmm. it feel like to be a guy and your, your partner, girlfriend, wife, whatever is just like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Quick question. Are we off like still for like the selective community or are we just the two of us? Which would you say? Selective community. Okay. Um, if you say anything and you're like, you know what, please don't share that. I'll take mm-hmm. it out. Okay. I would say this piece, I would prefer to keep more private. Just between the two okay. of us, if that's okay, at this time. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We don't. Even, you and I don't even have to. I. I just thought, oh, that might be interesting. So yeah, we get, if we get off the recording, I'm happy to chat about it for a couple of minutes, and then you can share that through my words. You know, I had a, this person on, and you can share that in the, your community, definitely. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm an open book when I'm talking to somebody one on one, but as yeah. I'm starting to ex- be more exposed into social media, and everyone can see it. I have to figure out where that balances with the privacy with my wife and respecting her boundaries as well yeah i totally hear that i guess Mm -hmm. i wasn't i was asking in a generality no i'm glad (laughs) yes don't ever don't ever feel bad for asking no thank you hey it's up to me to set that boundary not you that's true and Mm -hmm. it's up to me to not apologize for being curious about something exactly exactly so you're practicing what you preach right here look there it is i think Mm -hmm. that's good all right so thank you everyone for coming on or (laughs) thank you everyone for listening Thank you so much, Zach, for coming on. This was really fun. Go find Zach on Instagram. Links in the show notes. There you have it. I'd love to know what you think. If there are any points you want to make or any points you feel like I missed, let's talk about it in my free Facebook group called Women Practicing Fierce Self-Love. The link is in the show notes. Now, the name of that group may change in the future, but the link will remain the same. 
Next week, I'm talking to Angela Duckett, who is the host of Authenticity Over Everything. She is the embodiment of authenticity, and she'll tell you why authenticity is truly the answer to everything. If you are ready to dive deeply into what we have been learning and exploring on this podcast, jump into the inner circle and start to rise with us today. The link for the inner circle is in the show notes. Until next time, respect yourself shamelessly. Say yes to you. And don't